0: So, I know it's only the beta right now, but I really want to get it. I just, like, I want to know who are the kids that are going to be Don't. massive failures and five... Why? Don't.
1: That shit... Because it's going
0: to suck my life?
1: You're going to be like Diego Maradona, and, like, that's... It's, it's
0: crack. <laughs> there's one more... No, there's there's one there's one more it's crack. I told you one I, more saying. No, I
1: said this to you last year, and you, you went into it, and I lost you for a few months. <laughs> Don't.
0: Okay, so... I feel like Football Manager, though, gives me the gives me the knowledge for the podcast. You I ha- don't think it's worth it.
1: You have the knowledge. Don't worry.
0: All right. So it's a no to football manager.
1: It's a big no. For you. All right. Some people... Why
0: while, not uh, while have, have a full-time job?
1: If you have any aspirations of having anything else in your life going smoothly, mm-hmm. you can't be a football manager okay. like that. You can't.
0: We'll see if they want to sponsor then next show based on this endorsement this ring endorsement no uh, that it's brilliant but it will suck your entire life down the drain welcome to episode 16 of Soccer Cards United, the number one soccer cards podcast for people who collect, invest in, look at, uh, pass shop windows and see soccer cards inside them. Uh, this is the number one soccer card podcast. Uh, the others have submitted letters asking us to stop saying that, uh, but we can't read, so we never will. Um, I'm here with my co-host Enzo. Hi Enzo. Hey Jason. How you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you? Having a good week.
1: Having a good week i mean i'm working hard in work this time which is a bit annoying i guess but yeah keeps me busy i feel productive they're making they're making me earn the uh the raise that they gave me
0: mm, last week we heard the air uh, got a raise did we do that on the, P- on the postcard united show I can't, I can't remember okay but just in case the people who don't listen to the q a podcast uh, didn't hear it enzo got a raise and we congratulate him send your congratulations on twitter to enzo for his recent raise more work more cards to be got more cards to be got, more uh, liquidity to be put into the market one way or another. Jason, Uh, how are you? Can I ask? I'm okay. Oh, um, Oh, I didn't
1: like that facial expression change.
0: No, I just did like a kind of a furrow of my brow. i tell you why I'm annoyed. Forget about my personal life. That's a whole other thing. Uh, It's the fact that there's another international break upon us in world football. This is our third international break since the uh, season's restarted, or since season started in Europe. And... um, there will be unnecessary, not only Nations League games and worker qualifiers, all that stuff, but there'll also be unnecessary friendlies uh, for, with players from all over the world for no real reason. Um, and players are going to get injured. And uh, forget about all that, though. I have to watch international football, which I don't like as much and isn't as uh, exciting. So I don't like that. How do you feel?
1: I'm excited to watch Italy. I mm-hmm. can't wait. Um it's annoying. It kind of, I hate the November one always creeps up on me. Yeah. It's kind of Just annoying. Just as you're kind of getting into the Champions League. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. are starting
0: to settle.
1: It does kind of disrupt it a bit. Um, Milan were in fine form, so it kind of upset me there. I'm scared. And the eventists were a shamble, so I'm kind of concerned that could mm. change after the international break. Uh, concerned about injuries as well.
0: Yeah, we saw it with... Uh, Manchester City and Liverpool at the weekend. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold seemed to pick up some sort of a soft tissue injury, and the commentator said, and I'm going to parrot it right now as if it was my own original thought. Um, the commentator said that the managers and the physios and the doctors at all the clubs are worried most about uh, soft um, tissue in- injuries because that's what's going to uh, be most uh, commonplace when it comes to fatigue and uh, overwork for the players. So players are playing too much, they're travelling too much. It's already load of fixture congestion and yet we're still having international friendlies. So, I don't know. There is one international friendly coming up this week that I'll be paying special attention to. Uh, Ireland are traveling to Wembley to play England, and England have called up Jude Bellingham uh, in place of uh, the likes of Rush, Rush, and the likes of Ross Barkley or um, James Madison didn't get a shout either. Jude Bellingham, too young to be called up for England, Enzo?
1: Um, It's hard to tell, I guess. Um, Gareth Selkate seems to want to pick players that perform well. Um, that have mm. performed well instead of big names, I guess. But And he has so much talent at his disposal that I guess he wants to try out everyone. He's definitely young enough to still be in the 21s. But he's definitely talented enough to or get...
0: even the under-20s. under, under 20s.
1: Yeah. But he's definitely talented enough to to get the call-up, I guess. There was a few... I can't remember. I've seen like England's under-21 team recently. And the, there was a few players on that that I'm sure... Are, pissed off that they're playing for the under 21s you know they're, they're they're yeah so listen i think if he doesn't get i think selke kind of does like doing that though i think he like throws a young player in gives them their debut he probably won't feature in the starting 11 for a long time but right kind of give, give it gives a feather in the cap of cards okay I'm, I'm trusting the youth I've, I've now broke a record the youngest english player to play or whatever like i don't think bellingham does he have that is he the youngest I had no idea. No, I don't think he is. I thought you said he was. I don't think he is, but he's going to be... If he scores, I think he'll be the youngest English player to score a goal. Right. But I think it's a token gesture, basically. But I do think... Because Jude doesn't even start for, for Dortmund every week, so... No. Bit of a token gesture, but I think it's a bit of experience for a player that could be a future England star. So it's a good uh, international experience.
0: Um. Okay, yeah. And happy to see Jude Bellingham probably make his debut... Um, against uh, Ireland there on Wednesday in a friendly that's not his full debut because it's not a competitive match. Interestingly, Enzo, uh, Callum Robinson of West Brom was ruled out of the game for Ireland uh, because he's tested positive for COVID-19. But he would have been playing against uh, one of his best friends from childhood, uh, Jack Grealish, potentially, uh, now, Callum Robinson played underage football for England before switching to Ireland, and Jack Grealish played underage football for Ireland before switching to England. Uh, so they always dreamed about playing at the football together. They almost had the chance on opposite sides of the of the of a match, and um, but now Callum Robinson has coronavirus, so that won't happen for another little while yet. Uh, we wish Callum Robinson the best in his recovery. Enzo, so, a few things. Uh, it's time to go to the mo- uh, my f- your. Uh. Time to go to the Your Football Week uh, segment where we ask each other, hey, what what was your football week like? Um, I have a few little uh, bits to get to, but first of all, you watched Bayern beat Dortmund at the Signal of a Park in, quote-unquote, der Klassiker uh, in the Bundesliga over the weekend. How was that?
1: I really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, one of the big games in Germany, of course. You know, it's a bit frustrating because Bayern tend to be the winners, but it was a really, really, really High energy game, high quality game. Dortmund are—I don't want to say they're closing the gap because I don't—I don't think they are. But for me, like I was glued onto Erling Haaland, Giovanni Reyna playing, um, mm. Marco Reus beautiful, and then obviously everyone for Dortmund so talented uh, for Bayern so talented. But yeah, I guess all eyes for me really were on the two Dortmund youngsters, uh, Giovanni Reyna and Haaland, and Haaland again was the focal point. And for like most of the game, he he. He looked like he was struggling to kind of deal with the occasion. Yeah, to play against Bayern towards the end of last season, there was a great interview of him, and it, uh, they had just secured second place on either the second last or the last day of the season. And the the, the interviewer said, "Like, oh, how do you feel? Like, you have it wrapped up." And his response was very blunt, and he said, "With Bayern Munich, but like Bayern Munich won the league, so it feels shit." It was a great interview, very funny, good character. But at that point, like you, you see. Halland, in terms of his mentality, you got a glimpse into it that he's a winner. Like he doesn't want to play for a team that finishes second every year, yeah, or doesn't doesn't win the title. But so I guess he has his own kind of personal battle going on in that sense, as do all of Dortmund team, of course. But it just it seemed like he was put through on goal a few times and shots that he it seems watching him even at this young age that normally he puts away. You know, every single time he was kind of pulling, pulling them wide. He, he looked a bit intimidated by Neuer by the Bayern Munich team. And it was like stressful to watch. He, he he eventually got his goal, but that was at three one. So it's almost as if at that stage the pressure was off, and then he was kind of back to his normal self. So that was it. Yeah. That was a bit concerning seeing that because you you want a player like like D D A Drugwe, for example, every final or Ronaldo, you know, mm-hmm. most yeah, final Ronaldo big Torres, big game players, you know. So it could be kind of a glimpse into is Halland kind of someone that will pick up thirty goals a year, but when it really matters, he'll come short. And again, yeah, he did bit score. Like, uh,
0: Gonzalo Higuain,
1: yes. So again, he did obviously score in the game, but at that point the game was pretty much dead and buried. But there was a great moment towards the end of the game that kind of gave me more hope. <laughs> I spent too much time analysing it and looking in deep, but yeah, there was a th- it, it got to 3 2 and there was a great chance for Marco Royce. And he, he put a yeah. vo- he put a volley over the bar. Maybe there was two minutes left in the game. And it was really like a holy shit moment. It was point blank, he put it over the bar. Ah. And Haaland just straight away turned to Royce. And just pointed to his head and basically said, Concentrate as if to be like, Don't grunt and don't be like, ah, I missed it. Get in position, let's go again. There's just two minutes left every minute. So that was exciting to watch. But, Jason, why were you not watching it? You, you seem shocked about <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, it's a new, well, no, it it I
0: was. I only saw about 15 minutes of it towards the end. Um, I saw uh, Leroy Sane uh, score his goal, great goal. Um, and uh, yeah, it was so finished three through the Bayern. I didn't watch it um Enzo because I've watched every uh Bayern Dortmund game uh without fail for the past hmm, four years, five years maybe haven't missed one. And I just couldn't bring myself to do it this year. Um, because I find I find it to be an extremely frustrating um match and not not because uh, the match not because the football itself is frustrating. If it was two other teams I wouldn't mind. It was a very good game. I, I just can't really get behind the hype uh for it you know i mean like uh their or like even the branding of it is obviously this thing they're importing it from El Classico, which itself is a, is a marketing exercise in spain and um the idea that bayern and dortmund are somehow going toe to toe to be honest it's the same as every time uh, dortmund plays schalke and they have the revered uh the revered uh derby um they say oh this is the big fierce rivalry and dortmund like always win that and like i'm just it's just a are they just from our Chalka and dortmund just from a region full of butlers like i just <laughs> i uh i don't know what the main industry is there but it seems like it might be bottling plants and um i, I don't know i just i don't i don't think that lucian Favre is the right kind of coach Um, he seems to be very happy with where the team is at and he is not the right man to take a forward Uh, neither was peter bosch the f- guy before him um, or Thomas Tuchel, really, the guy before him. Jurgen Klopp was good, though, wasn't he? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I just, I don't know. But Dortmund are just very frustrating. I, I think they position themselves, the media positions them, the community positions them as, like, Bayern's challengers, but they're not Bayern's challengers any more than Bayer Leverkusen they're Bayern's challengers, you know, uh, or Borussia and Gladbach or RB Leipzig. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, just, I was frustrated and I, I let my frustration around the narrative... Um, get to me and I just said I can't, I can't watch this
1: I get that it has been frustrating over the years it. it has been mm. I think it already started with the Klopp era when when he really made, brought them toe to toe and actually made them challengers um, yeah but yeah pretty much since Lewandowski left it's not been like Lewandowski yeah, it's, it's, has scored the most goals against Dortmund now or he's one goal away maybe but yeah. like that says so much because he was Dortmund's star man
0: yeah, I I just think like it's kind of one of those things where um this idea that I I I think Borussia Dortmund ha- get away with one really in the media. I do. I I think that they're they're a team of talents, no doubt. But and and they, they sell for loads of profit, you know, like they're a great selling club, but like so are Monaco, so are Seville, you know. That's true. Um and I understand they're a great talent incubation factory. But like nobody calls Ajax one of the best teams in Europe. I saw an interesting thing during the during the week, and um, they looked at the Europe's top five leagues, and they saw uh, how many. Maybe it was even just all European Premier leagues, and it was uh, which teams have produced the most um, players that now play in a top league in Europe, and Ajax was second on the list, and top of the list was Partizan Belgrade uh, from Serbia. So, uh, loads of Serbians, loads of uh, Ajax people.
1: You know, I've seen that. And obviously, Ajax seem to be the team that um, kind of produces the highest quality as well. Like, obviously, part- Partizan, yeah, Belgrade. exactly.
0: Partizan kind of uh, lashing out, kind of workman-like uh, players. <laughs> Ajax are producing superstars. No doubt about that. But I just thought, like, you know, I just think Dortmund have... Because of the Bundesliga being the Bundesliga, same as same as every uh, league, needs a narrative, needs something to sell to people, needs something to put on TV for the adverts, you know? Yeah. And so Bayern Dortmund takes on a bigger significance for media purposes than it does for actual football purposes. So this year, I just, or this week, I just gave myself a, a ticket to, to, to relax and not watch it. But I, <laughs> I, I'm glad to see there were some goals at least
1: you know, I, I guess that makes sense, like, El Clasico as well is obviously a marketing thing, but it's something that's been there for so long and actually was a huge, huge, fierce rivalry, that the and yeah. the, the point of balance swings every, eh, almost every year, that, like, it's still enthralling and intriguing, whereas...
0: Exactly, and also, like, for me as well, I'm watching El Clasico as, as, as a fan of another team in that league, do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, whereas, true. like, so it's actually relevant from a league table point of view, whereas, like, with Bayern and Dortmund, I'm kind of watching it going, like, they they actually don't even seem like they dislike each other. To be honest,
1: no, I get you. And honestly, <laughs> it it seems <laughs> no like, I mean, like no, yeah, it seems and it's it's as well. It's like if if Dortmund win the game, it doesn't really have huge implications for the league.
0: No, I don't think so. Because Bayern will really. still yeah,
1: I get you. It's not it's as enjoyable. Dope. And and also, I definitely did see Dortmund just having too many young players that they they really can't go toe to toe with a team that actually has so much experience.
0: And yeah, and that doesn't even. I'm glad you said experience and not even even talent because uh, that has happened not just with Bayern this season, um. but it happened with Augsburg with with Dortmund a few weeks ago as well, where Danny uh <laughs> looked like Lionel Messi, like and and so it's 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 I don't know. Dortmund, have a young team. Lucien Favre, I don't think he seems to be interested in 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 producing players, not producing results. So that's fine but let's not pretend it's anything different. Um, also, Enzo, I don't know if you saw a huge result in uh, Spain. Valencia, who have sold Danny Pereo, who have sold Jeffrey Condogbia, who have sold um, Rodrigo, uh, who have sold loads of their players. Um, Ferran Torres, they got rid of. They beat Real Madrid 4-1 at the weekend.
1: I actually missed that. I think I've seen oh it, but my God, I it didn't crazy. look at
0: it. Yeah. So oh, no, no, oh, oh.
1: I I I know <laughs> yeah yeah no, I know this game, the the own goal by Fer- Varane I believe.
0: Yeah, there was an own goal by Varane by so the back four for Real Madrid were uh, Lucas Vazquez still playing it right back because Carvajal's injured. Then it was uh, uh, Varane, Sergio Ramos, and Marcelo. Marcelo, Varane gave away an own goal, and the other three in the back three all gave away uh, penalties. Uh, Carlos Soler scored a hat trick of uh, penalties for Valencia and uh, it was some victory like there's terrible stuff going on at Valencia at the moment like recently Valencia fans hired uh, a mariachi band to follow uh, the directors and uh, and play just to, to annoy them in protest um, but yeah they were delighted to win over Real Madrid Zidane is in big 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 trouble um, he's in danger of getting found out he'd have to go home and console himself with all his Champions League medals um, and <laughs> That was a big result for Spain. Also from Spain this week, Ansu Fati, Barcelona's boy wonder, injured, has had successful surgery, but looks like he could be out for three to five months. Enzo, how's this going to shape up for his cards?
1: Um, yeah, he was just beginning to really build up a head of steam. You know, he was scoring yeah. for Barca, scoring for Spain, looking really, really talented, looking like a live wire. His Panini Mega Cracks, which is which was one of the go-to cards, was hitting like 160 euro i had one i was so excited i wanted to sell it you told me don't you said what's 160 enzo you said <laughs> you said you literally
0: he's going this guy can't be stopped
1: this guy no, we will stop this he's, he said enzo you can replace 160 euro you can't replace an answer fahi mega cracks card hold on to that one put that away and i was like but i kind of want to cash out you know i want to take the 160 and whatever but yeah you said don't i didn't and now like he tore his right knee's meniscus, maybe something like that. Yeah, it was a knee, it was a meniscus, tore it. it wasn't the worst knee injury you could get, but definitely you don't want any players having injuries. And um, his prices obviously give it a week, his prices will go down because you're not going to hear the his eyes name. Off him. Yeah, eyes are off him, you're not going to hear his name, so they will go down. But expect them to then go back up essentially. Well, this it, is the thing, if, isn't it? If he, we we
0: it, always say this with young players is like someone could be brilliant at 17. And they could get injured. And that injury could become something they don't come back from or they come back from and get injured again. And, you know, we've seen it, like, so many times.
1: You know, this is that is the case. Like, I think if Ansu Fahy comes back and he, he's grand and he's normal and he's playing at the same level he was playing, then you're golden, you know? But at the end of the day, yeah. an knee injury like that could maybe cause you to lose a yard of pace. That could completely change how you play. Yeah. It, and you could be injured again. That's the thing. That there's no sure bets when you're betting on prospects, essentially, which is what you're doing if you're buying rookie cards of players that are still under the age of 20, you know, mm-hmm, or even mm-hmm. ol- older still. Um, that's where people find the value in vintage. It doesn't go up as fast, but it's always going up yeah, yeah. if you know who you're buying. um, it's risky. Someone said someone said on Twitter, they said, oh, I hope this doesn't, like someone said, Rap, rap Halland in, in Bubba wrap," And I said, you don't yeah. need to worry about him. He's made of steel.
0: Yeah, he's just an absolute Terminator. Yeah,
1: no, but it is. Listen. I think it was kind of a wake-up call for a lot of people because a lot of people are like, "He's 17, he can only get better," yeah. and it's like, "Yeah, but also he could also
0: get walloped by some big fella from Real Betis.
1: <laughs> he could get smashed. Like it is, it's weird. Like it kind of also makes you really appreciate the likes of Messi and Ronaldo, who throughout the vast majority of their career, except for maybe the last couple of years, they were really injury-free, which obviously is yeah. a blessing as well. It's not like necessarily, like, oh, yous are great." at that but it's like it was a blessing that they really did get away for like a decade without any injuries.
0: Mhm. Um Ronaldo just because he's kept himself so strong uh and over the years and, and and has you know made sure referees are very sensitive to fouls committed against him. And Messi because you literally just can't touch him you kick him and he's not there and i think i've seen it happen in real life or not in real life i've seen it happen on so many clips where somebody goes to kick him because i'm like you got to kick him because he's going to go past you have to kick him then they kick him as hard as they can but the kick does not make contact with anything but i could have sworn it hit him but he just keeps running
1: you know messi as well i think there was this kind of element of certain midfielders that would kind of be known for the hard challenges or certain defenders there was this element i don't know if you remember this jason but like as we were watching messi Throughout the, throughout the years, he was such a special talent. Yeah. That there was this element of people weren't going to go flying in at him with a two-footed challenge. Like, there was this thing, like, if I injure him and destroy this talent, the world will hate me. And there was, there always yeah, was that.
0: Absolutely. The, the, one, the one exception is uh, Jose Mourinho, when he was at Real Madrid, <laughs> uh, said, right, just two-foot this fella. Just, just throw him off the ball, bully him, kick him, you know, hit him, push him, trip him do whatever you have to do. If he goes down, fall on top of him with your knee, do whatever you need to. And there's some great compilations of Jose Mourinho's uh, Real Madrid, led by uh, Sergio Ramos and Pepe, oh. uh, trying to trying to murder uh, Lionel Messi <laughs> unsuccessfully. Um, another thing, Enzo, was Manchester City and Liverpool, the two title favourites for the English Premier League, um, played at the Etihad over the weekend. It was a one-all draw, Liverpool played a 4-2-4 formation. People were saying, is he going to drop Firmino and put uh, Jota up front? No, he kept Firmino there and put Jota there as well. And as I said, Trent got injured during the match. But it was one-all. Brilliant first half. um, Some dodgy uh, shouts or penalties, handballs, fouls, all that stuff. Second half was a bit quiet. What did you think of the match? Yeah, it wasn't
1: as exciting as Liverpool versus City has been over the years. Like the more recent history, um, I like. To, I I think Liverpool. I think Klopp, same as um, his high line and all this shit. I think Klopp is trying to not be like uninspired as a manager. Maybe he's trying new sh- things. He he went away from his three in midfield to add yeah. an extra attacker, and it's like. I don't know. I mean, you, you can. Amen- Do
0: you know what it felt? It felt like it felt like a reactive thing. It was like. He was almost thinking about what we were thinking about, and that's the kind of the trap that say Pep has fallen into at Man City is he's trying to, he's not playing the team he wants to play. He's playing the team we don't think he will play, which is of course like ridiculous. What do we? Doesn't matter what we think. Yeah, I think
1: that is the thing. He doesn't want the lineup to be so predictable. He doesn't want to do the same thing. But it's like what you did was exciting to watch. You won everything. Yeah, you're, you're forcing the change. You, you're. It's like it's weird. It's like you found the perfect combination that works. And now you, you want to prove that you're such a good manager, that you can make it work in a different way. And it's like, well, no, but it doesn't...
0: This is what we always tell people about uh, about cards. Like, if you have the money, right? Say you yeah. say you have the money to buy a load of Messi's and Ronaldo's. Yeah. And you say, no, 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 no. I want to I want to sell. I say have a load of Messi's and Ronaldo's. And, no, I, I want to sell these Messi's and Ronaldo's and you know get in on and to get, <laughs> get in on Halle and get in on Haaland get why well because i feel like there's a, there's an old um i don't know if it's old but the, i think there are, there's an investing uh, piece of advice um which basically says that if you have a portfolio an investment portfolio um the most profit will come from the portfolios that are touched the least often you got to just let them sit and grow in value mm. and you, it's it's the investors that are constantly chopping and changing and moving around and making trades that ultimately end up destroying any hope of value they had because we want, our brains subconsciously want control and we only experience control as an active thing. So there's a psychological trap there where you think you should be doing something different, not because you really think so, but because it feels like you should be. Is that waffle or does that make sense?
1: Stan uh, Ibrahimovic, (laughs) I'm just skipping over you. Ibrahimovic uh, scored seven in a row. For AC Milan, my beloved AC Milan. Not the same game. No, seven games, seven league games in a row, I believe, or seven games, I think, Europa League counts. Um, yeah. yeah, he's the first player in Milan history to do that, so crazy to do that at 39, given the fact that Milan have had so many legends, the likes of Kaká when he won the Ballon d'Or, uh, George Weah when he won the Ballon d'Or, Shevchenko, don't even get me, like, you know, Inzaghi, so, yeah. so, so many players, and Zlatan. It's, it's
0: amazing that people in Zaghi never did that.
1: Yeah, I know, shocking. But do you know who did? Zlatan Ibrahimovic at 39 yep. years of age. Because he was yep. here at like 30, 40, 32 or some shit back in 2012. Eight years ago, 39, 31, yeah, almost. Um, but he's done it. He, he's galvanizing, we're top of the table, he's galvanizing a group of young players, exciting players. It's mad. The, the,
0: the, uh, the average age is the lowest, I think, in Europe, uh, of the AC Milan team. It's, I think the average age is 24, maybe. But that's including Zlatan, who's 39. I think without Zlatan, the average age is like 20 or yeah. 21. No, it's it's so it's, it's like literally Zlatan and his children. But it's are beautiful playing in Italy.
1: It's a beautiful thing to watch because it really is him. He's taking all the pressure. It's oh, I love his interviews after the games, everything he's saying. It is brilliant. Oh, it was a 2 2 draw against Hellas Verona. We were 2-0 down. Ibra missed the penalty, which is his fourth penalty miss in the last
0: six. Didn't he, he say he's gonna give them back to he, Frank Kesse?
1: Yeah, he has sacked himself on penalty duties to give them to Frank <laughs> Kesse, which is hilarious. It's like only he could do it. Like the manager doesn't yeah. get a say. He's like, you know what? for the betterment of the team which is kind of crazy to think of Zlatan saying I'm not going to take penalties anymore like it is mad but it's definitely like the right move it's very mature
0: I think that is it I think that's a sign of his maturity like he's saying he wants to I think I honestly think he wants to win the Scudetto
1: you think he 100% no but but like like, he believes it's possible he's
0: finished with all the with all the uh individual accolades he knows that the best thing for himself at the moment no one cares everyone knows he can score goals no one cares if he scores 25 goals or 35 goals yeah what people will really remember is if he goes goes and wins the league with him and this you know junior team
1: and it would be so fucked as well because the last team to win the Scudetto that was not Juventus was AC Milan in 2012 just before Zlatan left so we would literally like for his own narrative oh yeah. he love it because at the end of last season we did so well towards the end when he came in in January mm-hmm. and he literally said like yeah if I was here all year we'd win the Scudetto." and obviously everyone like laughed at him like ah you fucking so up yourself so if if him now here for a full season we win the Scudetto. and listen it's very early days I'm not saying we are we're not allowed to talk about that
0: no but, but- look there's there's been I mean in Italy the league is wide open at the weekend uh, some of the other uh, results at the top end of the table were uh Atalanta um hosted Inter and it was a one all draw. And Conte uh I worry for him and his cardiologist uh must be you know just sweating during games hoping to go because he just seems so stressed. He's so angry. And you know about Conte, I know, I know, I know you love him, so don't don't speak on this, but okay. uh Conte I just is very extremely, extremely boring. He just Oh, I'm very angry. Oh, I'm so angry. We don't we're not rootless. We don't have killer instinct. He's like Ollie, he's like the dark version of Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. You know Oli's Ollie's like, you know, we have to believe, we have to have commitment, we have to have energy. You know, is like if 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 if, if Oligan is the is a PE teacher, you know, then like Antonio Conte is like the the evil magic professor in Harry Potter. <laughs> I, I don't know much about Harry Potter, but that's what I'm trying to say. Uh also, um, this is interesting, Juventus. Uh, drew one all uh, at the start of Lidico versus Lazio. And the equalizer for Lazio, Ooh. I wanted to give a special shout out to Felipe Casado, who's been filling in uh, from time to time for Chiro Mobile who's been out for the last few weeks for Lazio. Felipe Casado last week, right? I watched he scored that beautiful. a 98-minute winner uh, for Lazio versus Torino. 98-minute. He came on as a sub, scored, right? Then he came off at the bench uh, against Zenit St. Petersburg in, in, in uh, the Champions League and he scored an 82nd-minute equaliser. Um, right, So that's two late goals, one a winner, one an equaliser, both as substitutes. Then a 94th-minute equaliser against Juventus to get and a one-all he, draw against the Scudetto Champions.
1: And Jason, as you know, through our years of watching uh, Lazio, you could look through all his goals. A lot of them are after the 85th minute. Like, this yeah. isn't, like, that's a thing. He's he, a
0: clutch player. He's a super sub.
1: He is a super sub. That's the thing. We always complain, like, why doesn't he start? He, he's so good. But he is a super sub. Like, it's like it's like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer back in the day. He's just a player that when you need a goal, you bring him on from the bench. Like, yeah. he He's a clutch player. He wouldn't play as well if he was there from the start.
0: No, so shout out to Felipe Casado. I also want to give a special shout out, uh, Enzo. You remember weeks ago on the show, we talked about Kinkazu. Uh, we like to talk about some of these cult figures, just so people are aware, they may not know them. Um, The new Flamengo uh, manager, now Flamengo in Brazil, were being managed, as far as I know, by Dominic Torrent, uh, who was one of Pep's former assistants at Man City, Pep Guardiola acolyte. Um, I think that's the right team I'm thinking of. Um, anyway, the new manager is uh, Rogerio uh, Saini or Chaney, like Dick Chaney, I don't know. Uh, But Rogerio Saini, Chaney, is the new uh, manager of the Copa Libertadores holders, Flamengo. Now, if nobody knows who, uh, some of you will, but if you don't know him, uh, he holds the goal, he was a goalkeeper for years, and he holds the goalkeeper scoring records for the following. Number of free kicks scored by a goalkeeper. 62.
1: Number and like of penalties. Can, score, can we? Yeah. If to bear in mind, like free kick. Like I, I, loved watching him play. He was. He's such a famous Brazilian player, such a cult figure. Yeah. For him, like just try to picture, like if you've if you if you're new enough to soccer, if you just didn't know about this f- person, picture a Premier League game or a Champions League game happening. A free kick is one.
0: A free, yeah, free kick, and you assume that maybe your striker or your winger is going to take it, or your midfielder.
1: But it's the goalkeeper, so it's not just that, like one of what you would assume to be your less technically gifted players taking it. But also, as he stands over the free kick, your goal is empty. There's no goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you think, That's about, what I'm right, saying. So think about the thing with Pep Guardiola and Ederson happened uh, last year. They're talking about penalties, kept missing penalties. And uh, Pep Guardiola, they say you're going to change the penalty taker. Uh, who's the best penalty taker on the team Pep said Ederson is the best penalty uh, taker on the team he's the best at uh, penalties and he's the best at free kicks because he was a, a midfielder when he was young at Benfica and obviously he can kick the ball being a goalkeeper uh, so there's another Brazilian goalkeeper but then Pep said but obviously I'm not going to make the goalkeeper take penalties and free kicks that would be crazy well not so for Rogério Chaney and uh, so uh, bear in mind we talked about Sergio Ramos a few weeks ago reaching 100 goals for Real Madrid yeah. he's a defender he's an outfield player Chaney scored 62 direct free kicks. Record number of penalties scored by a goalkeeper, 70. Right? Record number of club goals. He scored in his career 131 club goals. <laughs> and a record number of multi-goal matches uh, for a goalkeeper, five. So five, he's a goalkeeper, and in five separate matches over his career, he scored more than two two or more goals. So that's just uh, amazing. And uh, he's a real cult figure. Um, and he's one of those. He's a good pub quiz uh, answer. If anyone's ever had a quiz and that comes or you're ever setting a football related quiz or a sports round, uh, it's a great one. Who has the most goals as a goalkeeper uh, is Rogério uh from Brazil.
1: He's now the manager of Flamengo. We wish him the best. It would be great to see him be like a successful manager that eventually goes to a really big club because then his kind of cult story will kind of become more mainstream, and that would be great. Yeah,
0: and we just love we we love to see these little cult stories because they. They add a bit of excitement, and they also give you give you a depth of a depth of knowledge uh, for the for the listener as well. So that's great. Um, so that's all for your football weekends. But now let's move on to Hobby HQ. Um, in my notes it says you want to talk about match attacks, but that surely can't be true because we don't like no, match
1: attacks. I have I have a quick one on match attacks. There was um, oh, so, I'll allow it. I don't have it here, but so, someone uh, messaged us, DM'd us straight away. Um, so basically. match attacks at the minute tops have put like autographs in them so people are chasing the autographs and the match attacks and basically i was just told this this piece of advice if you're in the uk if if you're in europe i guess there's two packets so there's a one pound packet of match attacks and there's a two pound packet of match attacks and the autographs are actually found in the one pound match attacks
0: there you go so the cheaper yeah because you might you might
1: think the more expensive but it's the cheaper ones have the autos
0: wow okay
1: no i won't be buying any personally
0: no. are they a euro and two euro here or what are they
1: i don't know because shops oh, are no, closed. never bought them never bought them oh either.
0: yeah and the shops are not allowed to sell uh non-essential items are match attacks essential they're not, <laughs> no, they're not top scrum they're uh, not top scrum so yes that's so match attacks see uh, uh, autographs cool 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 cool, cool. um and by the way, if someone can write in to us and explain to me the sudden, I don't know if it's, maybe it's just the autos, maybe it is, but if you're someone out there who, because like when we did this, this podcast first and we were doing card college, you were teaching about cards and so one of the very things we started off with was match attacks and adrenaline XL, forget about those. They're just, you know, they're not good for, you know, whatever. No. But it's changed.
1: Yeah. So I think it's the autographs that changed it. Um autographs being available in retail packs there's obviously there's such high print run in terms of the actual packs and the, the cards that the autographs are super super rare mm. apparently right because there's not a lot of autographs but one of the actual interesting things about match attacks that i got from a guy on twitter whom i have forgotten his name <laughs> um no but this was really interesting he he you, you might you might have come across him people that are listening definitely have come across him he he is the guy who has the biggest Lionel messi card collection Right. Oh wow. Oh. oh, Okay. You haven't seen this. I will send it to you. No, I haven't seen this. It's 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 amazing. But he actually said once that um. So actually, this is like when you're a real when you're a real collector, when you're a real collector and you're deep in, right?
0: What do you mean when you're a real collector? I'm a collector.
1: No, no, but I mean when you're collecting graded cards when you have a large collection of graded cards, right?
0: So for me right now, I'm a collector. But you're talking about someone who's actually a collector.
1: Someone who has put tens of thousands into it. Maybe hundreds of thousands, right? So, so much PSA thing. So basically, literally as a collector, and I I mean this because... (laughs) No, but like, this is important. I
0: I can't say the word collector without laughing. Sorry, go on.
1: No, 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 but like, this is the thing. On the PSA website, you you can have your own like kind of slot, which is like your literal collection. And there is a set number of cards that literally make up what having the full collection of Messi is for example oh and so shit. yeah so with the serial number you can put that into psa and then you have like this online version of your collection if that makes sense and you need to like hit yeah. everything and he like actually a catalog put, yeah like, like a little catalog and he actually said you cannot complete the Lionel messi collection without certain match attacks cards whoa so that's where the game could change in that in terms of value it, 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 but like that's I think there's but so many people that can actually get to a point where they've successfully collected every messy card. And obviously yeah. there's one of ones, etc. I don't mean like every single messy card ever made. I just mean to, to complete this collection. That's something I want to look into more. Or like complete the rainbow, which they'd say for like parallel cards, but that's like a specific set. But there's specific cards and apparently PSA, Major grading Company, would consider certain match attacks cards to be within the realms of that collection. So th- that kind of vindicates match attacks a little bit but again right not in a huge way but that's something to look into and something that i am planning to kind of dive, dive deeper in but that is like the most next level you're deep when you go that far you're deep you know mm-hmm. what i mean yes. like i think yeah so basically super interesting
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna get his
1: name and try post post this thing because he's super interesting
0: okay so check our twitter and, and instagram maybe there's something going up about that And so that leads us nicely into talking about PSA, talking about grading, talking about the different things grading companies can do. Leads us in nicely to a little hidden gem. So if people are listening to this show, um, hello to any new listeners, by the way. I'm Jason, that's Enzo. Um, But uh, we have this show on Thursdays. And on Mondays, we have our Q&A podcast called Postcards United, where you uh, submit your answers on a postcard and you get your answers on a podcast. No, submit your questions on a postcard and get your answers on a podcast. Anyway, Right. So last week we talked about rookie cards and uh, true rookies, rookie years, whatever it is, all that stuff. And I said, maybe it's, I just said, cause I'm, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. I stumbled <laughs> into a good idea and I said, oh, hang on a minute. What if grading companies could put on your slab, whether or not that's a true rookie? Um, yeah. and they and someone else could decide you know a third party could decide what a rookie is maybe all the grading companies get together at one of their um secret meetings and um, that definitely don't happen and but that's like basically a great way and said this is great
1: yeah it's a great way to combat the confusion that exists within the hobby of every card being considered a rookie uh, every every ebay post saying rookie you know obviously it wouldn't stop the ebay post but you'd be able to cross-reference it with the psa slabs and be like no this is the rookie especially for cards that it's really really hard to know what the first ryan giggs card is for example psa yeah. letting you know this is the one not that one would be huge especially even for like david beckham that's another one of the with a bit of confusion attached to it
0: so that was a kind of a interesting thing and people got in touch and said oh that's cool or oh that wouldn't work or whatever but one of the uh, interesting um contributions was from uh, L.A. Soccer Cards, uh, who is a, a, a listener and uh, at, uh, was it at L.A. Soccer Cards? on? Just search L- the Soccer Cards on uh, Instagram, you'll find them. And he was saying that they do it with reprints. So the example he used was um, from basketball. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> He said like Michael Jordan's main card is 1986 Fleer card that had a reprint in the 90s, but most people can't tell the difference between them. So if you send it to PSA, they clearly state on the slab, whether or not it's a reprint. So he was saying they are a PSA. They already have a kind of similar logic to this, where if they can, I mean, if they can grade condition and they can specify whether or not it's a reprint, then, I mean, hypothetically could specify whether or not it's, it's a rookie. Yeah, um, and, and apparently yeah. they've
1: hired so many new soccer experts. This is the whole thing with, with, with AI talking about I that. I didn't like, get a phone call. Yeah, I know, but they—they—they've—they um, have—they're tr- trying to fix soccer. I think a lot of the soccer population um, is actually in like other, like miscellaneous cards. It's not actually in the soccer category, and there's a lot of slabs by PSA that are mislabeled as well. So um, they're trying to fix that. But yeah, I think I think the actual act of picking out. What the real rookies are would be really it would be like it'd be a monumentous task across the whole hobby, but it's definitely something that would, would provide a lot of value to, to the people. So. Yeah, so it's very interesting. And I, I touch touching on reprints actually. Someone hit me up, and I just want to I guess send out a public service announcement to everyone. Um, Panini, the Panini stickers for the Pro League, which is the the Belgium league. The um, Jupiler Pro League. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about them. So, basically, you ever have Jupiler beer? No.
0: Jesus, it's fucking disgusting.
1: Well, then I won't have that. But like, listen, right? So for whatever reason, that set, like all the Panini sticker sets, seems just every single year they put out stickers, and it is what it is. It's current players, you know. The Jupiter probably kind of pay homage to the legends that have stemmed from that league, and they end up bringing out reprint stickers. So you'll have like Kevin De Bruyne for Genk, but it's it was produced in like twenty sixteen or something like that. I don't know the date oh, on that. It's like a throwback. So, yeah, exactly. They they they're like throwback. This fella played for this team in our league, right? But it's it's mi- it's miss it's it's misinforming. It's it's
0: it's, re- it's it's retrospective.
1: Yeah, it's retrospective. So someone hit me up and said I bought this Andalek Lukaku, but only when it arrived did I see it was nineteen twenty. Oh my god! So you need to be really careful. That's that's, that's a bit just a sneaky. you know, it's a bit sneaky. But then again, I'm I'm assuming. I wouldn't say reprint if you if you sent it to PSA. It would just say nineteen twenty, I guess. But just be careful when you're buying stickers of, of the Belgian league because that's the only league that they seem to do retrospective um yeah, legends. And again, as, uh, those are the cards you're chasing. You know, you want the Kevin De Bruyns, you want the Lukaku, so you could you could get cut out.
0: It's a bit like the Panini love doing this as well. We talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, they love doing this with their some of their premium sets, some of their hobby sets. Uh, they'll put in like the legends or like the autograph cards from, you know, players that didn't, you know, whatever. So we talked about that before. Go find out if you're interested. Um, Now, speaking of defining rookies, and this is just, I didn't plan this actually. I mean, <laughs> we do have a running order, but it's never this smooth. Usually I have to kind of like jerk us from one topic to the other. But speaking of deciding on what's a rookie, what's a rookie card, what's a pre-rookie card, what's a rookie year, all that stuff. Um. Isn't there a song called What's Another Year? There could be a parody song called What's A Rookie Year? But anyway, uh, I submitted. No, I bought my first cards. The opposite. I bought my first cards on Com C. Oh. Now. Check,
1: check out my cards. That's what that stands for.
0: Is that what that stands for?
1: Yep check it and uh, do you know what they recently start liking some of our instagram posts from way back Ooh. when they're creeping because i clicked onto it and it was the com official creeping yeah so you bought a card and suddenly they they were on our page talk more tell me more jason
0: yeah they're, they're, somebody's misusing my personal data and <laughs> uh, they're americans so they're not covered by gdp or anyway um so i went on com Enzo because i was i was thinking about and um, the different ways you can trade cards and i'm, I'm trying to to be honest, I, I've, I've I've paired my purchasing back a little bit because I want to just do more, what do you call it, more experimentation with different cards, different strategies, different angles, all that stuff. So one of the things I was thinking about was transfer trading um, okay. and the idea of of trading on transfers and all that stuff. And um, so I thought, let me have a look at this. So I picked out two players that may, may move in the January tran- transfer window, or at least there will be speculation of the move in January transfer window. And the two players were Deli Ali, who's not playing at Spurs, um, okay. and who there's talk of. There was talk during the week of uh, if Pochettino goes to Manchester United, he might bring Deli Ali uh, to Manchester, or Deli Ali might go on loan. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I just thought English player going to be a bit of hype around him in January because if he doesn't break into the Spurs team, which he won't, um, and then the other one was Memphis Depay, who was supposed to move to, to Barcelona but didn't. And so I just w- picked these two players, right? Who may move in January, one to Barcelona and one away from Tottenham somewhere else. And I'm like, I don't want to buy these cards, right? Because I don't want to, I don't really believe that these guys are definitely going to move. So I don't want to have to deal with the logistics for what is a sec- essentially a speculative trade, okay. right? So how do I do this? Then I was like, oh, wait, for Com C, I don't have to ever get the cards. I they just, Com C have them. And I can just trade them I buy them and then sell them when they rise in, in value. So I went on there and uh, put whatever it was, 20 or 30 quid in and uh, bought a couple of cards. And yeah, so now they're just, now I have them. And then I immediately just put them back up for sale uh, at twice the price uh, to sell in January or not sell at all. It doesn't matter. I, I don't, I don't mind. It wasn't that much money. Uh, yeah you just wanted to because they were they were rookies
1: okay you just wanted to like test the waters and kind of get comfortable with Com C
0: and I wanted to see as well because Com C is um, is uh, an American dominated market even more than physical cards are I wanted to see if transfer trading in January would have an effect so first of all these players may never move you and know, they're
1: also just not players that I would go near personally why because they're almost they're not done but they're almost done you know they're not I don't think a lot of people care about Deli Ali right now. I don't think a lot of people care about No, Depai. exactly. Nobody
0: cares about Yeah, but this is it. So nobody cares about Deli Ali right now because he's at Tottenham and he's not playing. I get you. So that's the whole idea is that you can buy him really cheap.
1: But like I would pop in and buy Okay, I don't want Haaland's a bad example because he's on I'm fire and so young.
0: The way. Okay.
1: But like Haaland could I don't think January, maybe next summer though is what I'm thinking. Okay, but January who could move, who could not? Okay. It's interesting
0: you know so i just thought so i i'll i'll keep everybody updated on how memphis depay and and Ali are getting on um i just figured when i saw anto fadi uh was injured i was like oh they're going to want a, a striker at barcelona um and Coleman loves depay and Leon are an absolute shambles and depay keeps saying really bad stuff about Leon. <laughs> 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 i was like that guy's trying to force a move um so i'll i'll do that uh, so yeah i'll keep everybody updated um and i may end up Ideally, what I'd like to do is flip those cards on Com C and then use that money to buy a card on Com C that I want and mm. then ship that to myself and see how long it takes. So I'm trying to do the whole Com C process okay, um, interesting. on behalf of everybody who's listening.
1: Yeah, I've never even hopped on. Like, I know about Com C. I've spoke about it, but I haven't used it myself. And I think it could and be... No, you don't
0: have to because I'll tell you about it. Thanks, Chase. All right. So that's more or less everything we had. Um... This week is an international break, so I hope all your countries uh, do well, except if they're playing against Ireland or if they're playing against Italy. Thanks, Jason. Um, no problem. So, do send us in your questions. As always, we have a Postcards United episode coming out on Monday, so send us in your questions. We haven't recorded that yet. So send in your questions. We'll try and answer as many as we can uh, on the show next Monday. Also, look out for an upcoming special, special, extra, extra, read-all-about-it episode. Um We've had an awful lot of people get in touch with us recently, saying they just started to get into the hobby, and what is it? What can they do? How we've had they so do. many, Enzo, so you're—it's becoming unsustainable. So we have a solution. Go ahead, tell us about
1: it. Yeah. So first of all, welcome to everyone that has has come aboard. And um, recently, I've been all over the Twitter DMs. A lot of people, like I know where they came from. They told me who sent them and who who got them into it and how it happened. But, um, a lot of the questions are the same. And the, the questions that, listen, we, we tried to touch on at the very start of this podcast. It was kind of the purpose of it was me trying to teach Jason, who knows all about football, how to, how to maneuver in the card, the card side of things. That's yeah. where card college came from, which eventually we turned into Hobby HQ. Um, but again, if you listen back at those, epi- if you're new, I can't say go back to episode one because if you do that, you have to listen to all of your football week from weeks ago. And it, you know, it's, it's outdated. Cards- it's outdated now, and then and then to get to the, the real juice, which is which is card college. So, our plan is now we're going to put together a one hour, two hour special of essentially like everything crash An course a
0: to Z guide on every yeah. like how, how
1: do you go from understanding soccer, right? So this is kind of European focus. I'm not saying like Americans don't understand soccer, but I mean these. This is a group of people that do not understand cards, is what I'm saying. Yes, and so this main, we,
0: we do, the, the main show. I suppose every weekend so is kind of for people who know some soccer want to know want to be able to keep up a date with soccer and also want card talk but this is a special episode we're producing people who know soccer might not even necessarily want to listen to us every week now they hopefully they do because we're good fun I think but they don't know about cards but they want to get into it because they're interested and but they, they have don't know no how. idea where to start
1: because it is intimidating you're like, you're like okay I, I understand football I now have heard about cards and I want to get involved but when I hop online I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at and that's that. those are the messages I'm getting they're like yeah I don't, like, what is this? What's the difference between this and that? And it's a real cesspool of confusion. It's a mess. So I mean, it's.
0: it's, I presume it's the same in any hobby. Like, you try and get into, like, you know, fly fishing or something, I'm sure. You're like, what is this? You have questions.
1: And I'm sure there's someone out there that says, I'm going to put together a two-hour special, an A to Z guide, on basically taking someone that knows their football, doesn't know what a card is, doesn't understand stickers, doesn't understand nothing, and just talking them through start to finish.
0: So we're going to talk what is this what kind of cards are there why Um,
1: are some things valuable other things are not how do you determine what is and what isn't
0: where do you buy your cards how do you store your cards where do you sell your cards where can i go to discuss cards where can i go to ask questions
1: what the hell is grading what the fuck's going on
0: yeah what's grading what's a rookie
1: are you collectors
0: Are, are you guys a pair of collectors that's the main question people have and yes i am a collector
1: i am a collector but yeah, no. Listen, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot. We're gonna start putting together the exact um, start to finish of it all. Make sure we hit everything that we can. If you are listening and you, you're kind of more on the the knowledgeable side of cards, drop us a little DM on something that we we must include, something we cannot leave out.
0: Yes, please send us all of your topics that you need us to cover. That you, I, like that. If you were introducing a friend, what do you think would be the first thing you ask? Or if you've recently gotten into the hobby in the last two or three months, what did you not understand that you needed to explained to you? Yep, yeah. um, and we'll I'll try and I'll, cover as many of them.
1: And overall, I just want to say this is actually super exciting. If you're if you're a veteran in the hobby and you're listening, if you're new, it's exciting because in the last week or so, I've had so many people hit me up and say, "Listen, just heard about cards, and I want in." There, there seems to be this 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 movement in Europe whereby if you just tell someone what the cards are, if you just say like, "Oh, this is a thing. This is a hobby," they're instantly like, "Oh shit, that's I want that." You know? Yeah, it's At the kind end of exciting. Of the day, we haven't had premium product on shelves, so how how can you? you can't get you can't get it's like you can't start smoking cigarettes if there's no cigarettes anywhere you know mm. someone hands you a cigarette you're like oh what's this yeah you start importing cigarettes from spain this but listen, is like
0: did you ever uh, did you ever hear that story about the the <laughs> the cargo the cargo uh, cults where they would supply planes would be flying over say the amazon or the south pacific and they would drop the cargo out with, accidentally out of the planes that would land and they'd be all like food and uh, fresh water and uh, different technologies and stuff in the box, and then the people would build, or they'd be like supply posts that become disused, and people would build like fake runways, kind of as altars and stuff, begging for the gods to send them. Oh, <laughs> <you aware laughs> no, I've never heard no. Yeah, so cargo cults. This is like us with like if we get a Topps Chrome card, we're <laughs> like, where did this come from? This just dropped from the sky, but it didn't. You got it off eBay of a fella in Germany who has five thousand of them for some reason.
1: <laughs> no that's it but all i want to say is if you're a veteran in the hobby i've had so many people in europe hit me up recently saying they want to get in they want to dive in we're going to cre- create that special in order to try to tailor it for them but the the thing that's exciting is that the, the hobby's growing still basically and people yes, are hopping in and I, it's just positive positive and as it grows here if you're in the states sitting on a lot of cards you're about to be in luck
0: Get those international shipping rates down because you're going to have some business uh, soon enough. Anyway, guys, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search Soccer Cards United wherever you get your uh, social media content. And we will see you on Monday for Postcards United. Do send us in all the stuff we just mentioned. And by the way, thank you so much to everyone who's been reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts. makes a huge difference. Um, We've been seeing them on uh, Apple Podcasts US, uh, UK, uh, Ireland, around the world as well. So thanks very much to everyone who's been doing that and go ahead and keep reviewing the podcast if you can. Uh, yeah, right. We'll see you next week. Bye Enzo. Thanks. See you Jason.
1: Thanks everyone.